What's up, Ego Hackers? This is C.S. Joseph, and welcome to Season 31, Episode 11. Is C.S. Joseph contradicting himself when it comes to Jungian sexuality? And uh, not entirely sure if Episode 10 was dropped yet. I know Episode 9 was just dropped, but Episode 10 either is... I think it's dropping real soon. It's around the corner. And yes, I realize I'm technically skipping an episode before releasing another one. But hey, you know, that's why God invented playlists because on playlists you guys can always go to the youtube playlist for season 31 and watch the content appropriately so you don't have any problem getting lost so either way um i reckon episode 10 is going to be just as controversial as the who women should submit to episode so buckle up for that um it's going to get uh, pretty interesting as we uh, get closer uh, the season keeps going and going and going, and the reason why its length is so large is because there are so many questions coming in from the audience, and uh, uh, based on those uh, questions, I'm answering those questions uh, for everyone else's sake to kind of provide more clarification and more understanding as to what's actually happening, because I confuse people a lot part of being ti parent and se demon at the same time it means that like a bunch of information is coming out but it's not really in an organized or orderly manner i mean case in point with this episode this is technically episode 11 but i don't think episode 10 has even dropped yet so i'm kind of getting ahead of myself here but hey it's kind of necessary and besides as soon as season 31 is done we're not really going to be touching the subject matter I'm going to be going back to asynchronicity, finishing that, going back to season 24 again, finishing that, and we are going to be uh, releasing the first half of the Real Love Language uh, product, which is going to be our seduction product uh, for men and women and of various types, etc. Basically, C.S. Joseph's how to get a girlfriend program and also how to get a boyfriend program real love language would be the second part to that would be like okay great now that i'm in a committed relationship now what you know so that kind of stuff and uh as a little bit of a preview for this i am basically going to be taking on the perspective or the role of a father talking to his children uh, in writing those resources, uh, the seduction half of it could be probably be, it might be a 300 to 400 page book. Uh, we just did the outline for it uh, this last week. It's freaking huge and a lot of content. Real Love Language, I think, is also going to be just as big when it comes out. Uh, so either way, uh, those are around the corner and definitely going to be something that's going to be coming out uh, probably close to the conclusion of season 31. But don't worry, it's important that at least once a year I do a human nurture focused season. That's what we're doing now, that's season 31. The other human nurture focused seasons are season four, season six, and season 13. And then we're adding season 31 uh, to those human nurture focused playlists. The rest of them are all human nature. And I know that we spend a lot of time focusing on human nature but it is important to actually discuss human nurture. And it's hilarious because a lot of my cleretics are out there like, oh, you should only be focusing on human nurture videos. And it's just like, well, guys, 
uh, or human nature videos and human nature is impacted by human nurture as much as human nature impacts nurture. So you have to really make sure that you're defining both at all times and uh, understanding how one affects the other. And if you're not willing to do that, then you're just choosing ignorance and you're nothing more than that asshat who uh, likes to gather up teachers for themselves to teach them what their itching ears want to hear. And I honestly uh, don't care about uh, that at all. I'm not here to tell you what you want to hear. I'm telling you what you need to hear if I was like, you know, your father. So that's just kind of what it's got to do. So anyway, that's really important. And uh, let's, um, I'm going to be reading a, um, a comment uh, right now. And it comes from uh, the video sexist clip posted community explanation uh, video that was also uh, released as part of season 31. All right. So uh, this comment comes from uh, Miss Cynthia Payne, and uh, I've already answered uh, Wendy Gates' question. And episode 10 is a direct response to Felicia Squats' question as well. So I keep getting really thought out, well thought out questions from people in the audience. And I think it's necessary to release content specific to those questions. Uh, that way, with additional clarification, people are able to actually understand what it is I'm trying to say. And I think that's important. So uh, with that being said, um, most people, they have uh, emotional reactions and they leave judgments uh, in the form of statements as comments, which I find hilarious. And it's, there's very few people that have the balls to actually ask me questions, actually deep, thorough questions. Interestingly enough, there's not very many men uh, doing it. It's mostly women who are actually taking the time to ask uh, well-thought-out questions, asking for clarification and understanding as to what's going on. For example, in episode 10, uh, I talk about uh, Felicia Squats' um, uh, post that she put on uh, the CSJ uh, public group on Facebook, etc., where she basically admits to being a cheap woman and she's asking, okay, well, what the hell do I do now, right? So asking, uh, her asking that question, provide her solutions for her situation in that video, that is episode 10. I hope you guys like it when it comes out, but I believe it'll be insanely controversial, probably as controversial as the who women should submit to video once it's released right now and I'm not aware of it which it's possible it's out right now I, I don't know and uh, then also uh, the episode uh, titled the queen archetype in season 13 it's always the human nurture content that gets everyone all pissed off at me and honestly I just don't care y'all need to listen anyway and get over yourselves because no one is taking the time or even has the guts to talk about this on a regular basis so yeah uh, it's uh, definitely an important uh, an important uh, approach. So, okay. So on to the question. The question that's asked by uh, Cynthia Payne. Uh, this comment is again posted on the sexist clip posted the community explanation video as part of season thirty one here on this podcast and on the YouTube channel. Uh, we read all of the comments, folks. Uh, 
sometimes they turn into videos sometimes they don't just keep them coming so uh, and uh, quote thanks for responding to Wendy's comment and for making this video I would like to ask for some additional clarification thank God somebody who wants to ask for clarification instead of leading with judgments something I wish you know uh, NFJs like INFJs and ENFJs like these people for some reason they want to just have their judgments the little TI judgments without providing any context and without asking questions and trying to train a TI user to ask questions before they actually arrive to their conclusions so that they actually gather evidence before arriving to conclusions because TI users are heavily at risk of jumping to conclusions uh, it's a rare thing so uh, shout out to Cynthia for actually bothering to put this together. I, I'm very thankful. Uh, I'm glad that there are people in the audience who actually want to find the answers instead of rushing to judgment. Instead of, you know, certain people, certain women especially, uh, from the Facebook group that I blocked and I banned and you got all butthurt about it because they would rather just rush to judgment instead of ask questions. It's so funny that they have their little anti-CSJ Facebook group to spread all the CSJ hate when in reality the situation is they're not willing to take responsibility for themselves or their own actions. And that's okay. I don't want immature people like that in my community. So I'm glad they're gone. So she wants to ask, she's asked for additional clarification. Uh, you spelled out your recommendations for men to commit to women with two or fewer sexual partners before having sex and to test drive those with more partners before committing. No, that's not entirely accurate. I don't advocate for test driving. I don't know why people say that there's test driving or I'm saying test driving. I'm not doing that. I mean, women who react to the statements that I make, they may create this uh, if they're a TI user, especially if they're an FJ uh, woman they would likely respond with creating some TE trickster or TE demon label uh, like test drive. But no, that's not my point. Um, and then she's like, and that's fine, uh, is it? Uh, and it does clarify some of my question. Eh, no, I, I, don't, I don't think it does. So I'm going to actually address that. Uh, then she goes on, for women, you've advocated for us to not have sex with a man until... We're sure he will take a bullet for us and not give ourselves away cheaply or to a man who isn't going to stick around. Basically, no sex before commitment. Yes. Uh, but you also pointed out very clearly in your recent SI Demon episode that women are acting entitled if they do not have sex on the first date. And you've encouraged women to take on younger temporary lovers as part of their matron archetype. How do you reconcile these opposing standards? Thanks again. So glad you asked. And uh, as a result of the clarification that I will provide tonight, I maintain that you will find that they are not opposing standards uh, because providing additional context, kind of you can actually see where I'm coming from. So, but uh, first things first. Um, okay, um, I would like to ask for some additional clarification. You spelled out your recommendation for men to commit to women with two or fewer sex part or, uh, sexual partners before having sex and a test drive those partners before committing. No, 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 no. I think before, I think before actually answering the specific questions, I'm just going to state what the standards actually are because I think leading with the standards may 
answer some questions uh, along the way. So hopefully, um, hopefully that goes in that direction. Uh, so, uh, so based on that, uh, so what is the standard? So if I if if I'm a father, what am I going to teach my sons? If I'm a father, what am I going to teach my daughters? Right. So to my sons. Um, I'm going to teach them about masculinity first and foremost. I am also going to institute a rite of passage in their life so that they understand that society will screw them over and it's uh, for the sake of its own self-interest. And they have to learn how to put themselves above everybody else, including society, including their own family, uh, for the sake of their own lives. Uh, that is what masculinity is all about and that they... Uh, do not orbit anyone and everyone else in their life has to orbit them uh, first and foremost and they have to look inward instead of outward uh, and that is the first tenet of masculinity to the point that if they are in a relationship with a woman they need to understand that she is living their life and that he my son is not living her life wow my my INTJ baby uh, got a little Rando frustrated. <laughs> He's super cute right now. He's in his walker, walking up a storm, and really smiley all of a sudden. Hi, buddy. He's smiley. <laughs> you can't be on the show. No, you can't be on the show. So, um, so understanding, you know, like, hey, you know, masculinity comes first. So that's just the reality of the situation. Um, obviously, I would teach my sons a little bit more about seduction, but that's not technically what, uh, you know, we're discussing right now. First and foremost, masculinity, understand what that is. You need to learn that self above tribe, period, end of story. Uh, women in your life live your life. You do not live theirs. That's it. You don't orbit anyone else. Everyone orbits you. It is your life. Society will not be there to bail you out. Your family is not going to be there to bail you out. You have to take full responsibility for yourself. Even if something is not your fault, even if something is not your fault, uh, it doesn't mean it's not your responsibility. And I think that right there is probably the biggest lesson that I had to learn uh, because in my 20s, I would blame my parents, I'd blame my church, I'd blame my community, blame my city, blame everything, uh, and go out of my way to not take personal responsibility for anything in my life at all. Because from my point of view, a very immature crusader fairness point of view, especially with ENTPs, uh, and even INTPs, NTPs have this problem, but I think it's especially bad with ENTPs because of introverted sensing inferior depravity, basically. Uh, having that depravity we get to the point where we assume that hey you know if it's not my fault it's not my responsibility but that is a very boyish point of view that is not reality that is not a man's point of view a man's point of view is, is like just because it's not my fault does not mean it's not my responsibility ultimately and that's another aspect of you know being a man because if a man is the sun or the center of the solar system of his life, basically, and everybody orbits around him. The sun should be powerful enough to, uh, you know, as the king that sits on his throne within his kingdom, etc., and the throne is the very center of the kingdom, uh, then the king should have the power to remedy any and all issues uh, within the kingdom, even if it's not the king's fault, basically. 
So it's a very prince-like, boyish, man-child point of view that I used to have, especially in my 20s when I was an absolute effing idiot, uh, to like, hey, you know, if it's not my fault, then it's not my responsibility. And no, that is an extremely immature point of view, and you can't have that point of view. And I will not be teaching that, uh, or I will be teaching how not to do that uh, to my sons, basically. So... That's the initial foundation of what would be taught to them. The next, the next thing is, is that they will understand, uh, you know, I will teach them about women. I'll teach them that, you know, you can't take a woman at her word because she changes her mind all the time. You can only judge a woman by her actions, period, end of story. That's all there is. It's so funny because my wife just the other day is like, well, you know, I, I change my mind all the time, you know, but that's okay because I'm a woman and I'm going to lean into that. And I'm like, okay, great. You can, uh, you can absolutely lean into uh, being a woman. It makes you sexier anyway when you do. So why not? You know, go for it. Please, please, uh, please be a woman and please be okay with being a woman. Which, you know, most girls would be like, well, obviously, but no, it's kind of hard for an ESTP woman to do that, given how masculine they are, because they are the most masculine of all the women out there is an ESTP woman, so that comes to additional consideration. But um, the next thing that I would uh, teach boys, I would teach boys, okay, what does it mean to be the ideal man? What does it mean to be an ideal woman? I would then teach them about hypergamy and how you know women, uh, you know they 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 want their alpha seed and then they want their beta need depending on the situation, etc. And how 20% of men out there are prone to having the alpha traits. 80% of men out there are prone to having the beta traits. Okay, yeah. So sorry guys, I'm summarizing a lot here, but I just I just want to be clear. Okay, uh, just being clear here. Uh, and, and then how it is their responsibility as a man to eventually become the feminine ideal of what a man should be. Basically, the ideal man according to women, which is a man who can provide alpha and beta traits at the same time. And this is what is colloquially referred to as the sigma male, even though that label is very, well, subjective and kind of BS and ultimately a misnomer in the long run. But it is a man who is technically less than 0.5% of the population or even lower than that. Maybe it's 0.01 or 0.25% uh, out there. So that's really low of what men are to be able to provide alpha and beta traits simultaneously to the point where women just automatically assume that they're completely unbelievable. It's hilarious because that's kind of... Uh, I, I've been watching uh, F-Boy Island uh, and psychoanalyzing F-Boy Island a lot recently. Uh, it's the show on HBO Max and just watching all of their competing types, uh, their personality types, who's compatible with who, who's not compatible, who's faking, uh, where's the nurtural, where's the social engineering, etc. cetera, uh, who's alpha, who's beta, watching the women be all hypergamous, etc. Like like the ESFP woman, she is a disgusting individual. Um, and uh, like it, it's 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 so interesting to see all of these dynamics play out. I'm actually considering um, maybe watching all the episodes and recording myself providing commentary to those episodes and then having someone edit them for me to make them nice and then release uh, videos about my reactions to what's going on with this, within this reality TV show. I recently connected with the winner of the show and uh, we were thinking about maybe doing a collaboration of some kind, so I'm not entirely sure. 
so if you want to review my source material, uh, you can. Uh, it's on, um, it's at csjoseph.life forward slash reading. You can check out all of my source material there. Um, so, uh, well, uh, the thing is, Lorenzo, the only thing that holds me back is copyright limitations. So I'm trying to like figure that out. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, um, that being said, uh, after I teach them about hypergamy, I'll teach them about female solipsism and how solipsism, you know, women by default kind of think they're the center of the universe uh, initially and female entitlement and how as they get older, a real woman leans into their femininity, which means that she puts other people above herself, basically. She becomes a follower and less of a leader, etc., which is completely opposite to what feminism is teaching women in general. Uh, and that's, that's like what a feminine woman looks like, and that's highly desired. After that, I would teach my sons uh, that um, they, uh, you know, to understand why it's important to not be with a hoe and about how important uh, paternal uh, certainty is. And statistics show that uh, if a woman has had uh, more sex partners outside of just two sex partners, uh, she's 70% more likely uh, to get divorced, and uh, which is bad because uh, divorce and marriage is a losing proposition. I would teach my sons that the marriage contract or marriage agreement is the one contract in life that people do not get legal advice on and how it's very horrible. I would teach my sons that if... Uh, uh, if they do get married, to make sure that they own an LLC, a limited liability company, or some kind of corporation or corporate entity before they sign the marriage agreement and make sure that everything they own is owned by that corporation. And so that when they do get married uh, and they, if they get divorced, uh, their wife would not be able to take anything from them uh, post-dissolution uh, of marriage. This also means that anything that they acquire during the marriage, if it's acquired by that corporation, um, it could be vehicles, it doesn't matter, it could be a house, it doesn't matter, um, then uh, the woman in that situation would still not get anything uh, in a dissolution. So the only thing that he would have to worry about is alimony or child support. But if she's working, there's really no need for alimony at all. Or if she has work history, there's no need for alimony at all. So you don't have to be really concerned about that. So the only thing then you have to concern yourself with is child support. Uh, now, if you're able to be uh, self-employed uh, with child support, um, that's great because you can control what's basically on your paycheck, uh, what comes in every month. And uh, if you get sued for child support as a man, what you can do uh, to uh, control that situation to reduce your liability is that you can, um, let's see here, um, you can have your business cover a lot of your expenses as much as you can legally speaking with business expenses and then you could take um um you know make sure you're like a w-2 employee of your business right which is a, a thing to do and when you're a w-2 employee of your business you are you get to choose how much money you get per month and you could keep that as low as possible basically so that when you do get sued for child support all you have to do is provide three pay stubs. You don't even have to provide your taxes, um, which would be a really bad idea in that situation when you're in a divorce situation. And then you basically get to control what the court sees and you are only providing these 
so-called pay stubs, which means they can only calculate child support based on these pay stubs and you could pay as little as possible, basically, from a legal uh, standpoint. So uh, based on that, hi. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so based on that, like, there's so many different different ways of gaming the system because the system is already like stacked against uh, men or boys, as it were. And uh, so, so based on that, like, you know, they need to know these strategies when it comes to you know marriage and commitment, etc. So, but. How to handle how to handle things from there. After that, I would teach my sons about how hypergamy changes women's sexual strategies at different times in their life. I would teach them to expect to be broken up with from 18 to 20, for example, and uh, that's just kind of how it is because women are entering into their highest sexual market value. Uh, and uh, within society, unless they're very alpha and part of that natural alpha, which is the top 20% of men, which are basically STP and NTJ men for the most part, with a few outliers here and there, uh, those, um, those, uh, those men basically, um, they have the opportunity to actually have sexual relationships uh, with women in their highest fertility, basically 20 to 26 or 18 to 26 uh, as a result. But for the most part, they're not really going to have that opportunity because they're likely going to be in the 80% who are not the natural alphas. So they're going to have to wait. In which case, I would encourage my boys to consider having sexual relationships with women who are in their development phase. Development phase is 36 to 42, these are the Elizabeth Gilbert uh, Eat, Pray, Love people of the world. The matron archetype, which I talk about the matron archetype in season 13, I explained that you know matrons uh, can be very useful uh, to young men, have sexual relationships with the matrons. I had, um, I had a sexual relationship with a woman who was 17 years older than me. I had sexual relationships with a woman who was 11 years older than me, eight years older than me. Uh, on on various occasions, and I learned a lot. I learned about a lot about life, about uh, people. Uh, I picked up a lot of really good skills that they taught me, uh, like cooking skills, paying my bills, for example, uh, handling uh, washer dryer maintenance. That was an odd one. Uh, car maintenance in some cape, uh, situations. I learned a lot, and being able to take advantage of that matron energy is really really important. And all the while, they should be practicing their alpha traits, or at least their masculinity, uh, throughout. And then I tell them, you know, hey, boys, make sure you're not uh, committing uh, to these women. You don't want to have commitments. There's just it's non-committal, and you make it very clear right at the very beginning that you are not committing. You know, so that's a big deal. That's really important. Um, so uh, if you can't. Uh, if you can't do that, then, you know, there's, <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of problems. Um, so, so yeah, uh, exploring sexual relationships with matrons, if they're not alpha enough to attract the women who are 18 to 20, then I'll teach my sons, okay, if you are going to get married, great, uh, make sure you have all your precautions ready to go, go ahead, get married, uh, just make sure you marry a virgin. So, and that's where we talk about what the ideal woman looks like. She is a sexy, feminine, humble, 
woman who puts a tribe above self and uh, she's also a virgin or as close to being a virgin as possible and those are the women to commit to until uh, my sons find a woman worth committing to, I would instruct them to have a roster of women. And when they're younger, have a roster of matrons that they go between. And then when they reach their 30s, basically, um, they could probably start uh, having sexual relationships with women in their later 20s. And then when they get to about 36 to 42, that they need to be having sexual relationships with women between 18 to 26. And then uh, as they get older, the, be the, you know, the, the, the bigger the gap. I know somebody uh, in my friend's circle is 50 years old and he's having a sexual relationship with somebody who's 29 right now. I know a 62-year-old who is having a sexual relationship with someone who's 40 right now. So remember, men date down, women date up. That's why the older a woman, uh, the older a woman gets, uh, the uh, older a man she can attract. The older a man gets, the younger a woman he can attract. And that's biology. Get over it. I'll teach my sons that as well. So uh, if they ever decide to get married and if they do want children and they want to commit, uh, then they can commit and have that one. Uh, the thing is, though, is that I would tell them it's better to make it very clear to them that uh, if you do get married, it's under the understanding that if you are a high-value man, you will still exercise your sexual options even if you're married or not. And that uh, there is no such thing as forsake all others. And this follows, uh, you know, Matthew chapter 5, verse 31 through 37, let your yes be yes and your no be no. That way, uh, my sons understand that if they do get married, uh, that uh, their wives understand that, you know, hey, my value as a man is going to keep going up, which means I'm going to reserve my right to exercise my sexual options, whether you like it or not. If a woman's not okay with that, that's fine. Definitely not a woman worth committing to, basically, as, as high-value men. It's just, it's just the way it is. Um, and, uh, and that's it. Like, they can't. You can't really go outside of that. And that's if they really want to have a committed relationship. Otherwise, if not, then I'd say, okay, great. Uh, have a roster of girls from 18 to 26. Um, bang all of them whenever you want, whenever you're inclined. If you don't want to commit, it's up to you. It is what it is. Um, and uh, the reason why it's set up this way is because this is kind of how men have had to adapt uh, to culture. Uh, we've had to adapt to uh, feminism, and women don't like me teaching this to my sons, but, I mean, it's not my fault that the cartel, the mature feminine, is doing nothing about it. So, great. That's pretty lame. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that's not, uh, you know, like, it's a problem. Yes, Joe Blogs, I'm going to. Just patience, okay? So, um... Uh, to scene, you can find them uh, like at uh, real estate investing groups at meetup and just go up like if you're an NP just go up to a random ENTJ woman who's running it and just ask her out on a date it's not hard hi I thought you were cute I wanted to meet you there's your opener congratulations like who cares it's easy um, so um, yeah that's that's in general what it would be um, now 
I did say in season four, you know, don't have sex with a woman unless you're willing to take a bullet for it. Naturally, due to masculine idealism inside of men that we're born with, we are naturally going to take a bullet for uh, our lovers. That's just kind of how we are anyway. So that's kind of not really a big deal. But I will admit that I was very beta blue pill related like person when I was shooting season four. So you're gonna have to take that statement with a grain of salt. I would amend that statement to more say like, okay, yeah, um, uh, if you are going to commit to a woman, just make sure like she's close to the ideal woman as possible. Being a virgin, a sexy woman who takes care of herself, doesn't let herself go in any way, shape or form, a humble woman, a very feminine woman, focus on that woman and then yeah, take uh, and then obviously don't have sex with her unless you're willing to take a bullet for it but that assumes like a higher level of um you know of um of commitment now i don't i don't i'm not advocating for monogamy except for like in two situations okay if you do find the ideal woman and she is a virgin you can definitely consider monogamy and i would even encourage my daughter for example to uh, expect monogamy because she's gone all to the effort of being sexy as hell and as feminine as hell and as um um uh, humble and uh, and and still a virgin and i'd tell her yeah definitely uh, seek a monogamous relationship with a high-value man. Women like you don't exist, so I'm sure that would be enough to earn such a, such a man in that regard and be able to attract a man in that regard because deep down every man out there really does want to actually bang a virgin. It's a big deal uh, to men. Uh, so based on that, it, it would be necessary. It would be very, very necessary uh, you know, from, from that point of view. Okay. Uh, so, so yeah, in general, that's kind of how I would, uh, I, I would teach my sons, uh, you know, to, uh, to that regard. Um, uh, there's a lot of people saying that, you know, I shouldn't be teaching, uh, fornication, but I'm sorry, uh, biblically, there's no real limitation on fornication and where fornication the word fornication is used it's actually an interpolation and it's also a mistranslation uh so sexual and it's not included in the uh definition of sexual immorality sexual immorality is so much different and there's like a few things that qualify as sexual immorality like sex during menstruation you should not be having sex with a woman during menstruation all the more reason, like if you were to read the red tent, when a woman was menstruating in the red tent, she would do her mikvah and one of the other wives would step up and be the sex partner for uh, the man in his grand tent while she was in her own tent, which is a smaller tent, uh, you know, be undergoing the mikvah and keeping herself clean because she was menstruating, for example. Also, uh, sexuality mixed in with religion uh, is also a problem. Um, <laughs> Honestly, having sex with a whore is not considered sexual immorality. Biblically speaking, it's not, although Solomon does warn against it, saying it's unwise, but it's not sin, basically. A lot of people have a hard time accepting that. Uh, having multiple wives is technically not sin either. Oh, and I'll, I forgot to mention that um, 
the other situation that I would recommend my sons being monogamous is if they became like a leader of a movement or a big business or uh, or an organization or in the church, etc., doing God's work, lol. Uh, because the Apostle Paul recommends a man have one wife in that scenario. Have one wife because uh, you're focused on God's work. And if you have multiple wives, you're going to get caught up in the affairs of your family and not actually be able to contribute as a result of your higher calling, etc. So that's kind of a, an interesting situation. My son is losing his mind right now. Um, so that's uh, very interesting. If you want to find an ENTP woman, learn how to play Magic the Gathering. You will find a ENTP woman very quickly. Um, <laughs> my son is like crazy cranky right now. So uh, after that, uh, you know, in terms of, let me just, before I dive into what I teach my daughter, um, let me just verify things here. Um, yeah, uh, advocated for us to not have sex with a man until we're sure to take a bullet for us. Okay, yeah, that's true. And not give ourselves away cheaply. But again, like, you know, chances are you know in response to cynthia's question chances are the women who are watching this they're already cheap they've already had a plethora of partners and uh, had tons of men inside of them already so it's kind of hard to take a bullet or at least provide that high level of commitment where a man is laying his life down for his beloved although it's not although if you watch episode 10 i talk about the prophet hosea and kind of what he had to go through so even if you are a cheap woman, there is still hope for you. And that's what episode 10 is about. What hope women actually have and how they can capitalize it so they're not like screwed. And I'll, I'll explain that to my daughter as well. Um, okay. Uh, that women are acting entitled if they don't have sex on the first date. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. Um, it's funny because Kevin Samuels calls this coochie credits. That's what he calls it. And uh, Kevin Samuels um, uh, is basically his main point is about how, you know, women are ultimately using men, using men for dates. And it's like, oh, you know, you're not going to screw on the first date. And you get on the date three and all these men are like, you know, doing all these things for you, giving you all these things. But you still haven't, you know, given it up yet. Right. And uh, it's like you have this little you have this debt to pay, basically. Why do these women get to have men date them and not, you know, provide anything in return? That's bullshit. That's his entire point uh, behind that statement. And that's why he's saying that women are acting entitled if they don't have sex on the first date. The thing is, is that a woman, if she is close to the ideal woman, then she doesn't have to have sex on the first date because it's already well known that she is a virgin, for example, and she is a candidate for monogamy. I've talked about in past episodes with season 31. It's like, okay, yeah, guess what? Polyamory is going to be the norm, which is also known as open cuckoldry. In the next couple of years, it's pretty much pretty close to being like the norm right now, uh, especially amongst alpha generation and generation Z because alpha generation is just recently becoming sexually active, especially the girls of alpha generation. They're becoming sexually active right now. They're about... They're about uh, 9 to 12 years old is about alpha generation right now. And Generation Z is already well sexually active and going more in the polyamory direction. No, I'm not advocating for polyamory. I'm just saying that's what's happening. And if you are a man who's engaging in polyamory, you are beta. 
because if you're an alpha, you practice polygamy, which means you end up being shared by multiple women instead of you sharing women with other men, basically, which really engages their hypergamy. And that's going to be the new sexual norm. And the only people who are monogamous are the women who are super mega high value and they were virgins, basically. Those are the ones who end up getting to be monogamous while the rest of us don't have that opportunity, basically. And even then, there's a chance that the man who gets the super mega high value woman will end up creating enough value in his life later because he's already a man of high value to begin with to be able to be with a virgin, especially in Western society, that he'll be end up creating a super high amount of value that eventually he just may decide, okay, yeah, I'm going to be polygamous and take on additional wives and you're just going to have to get over it, which is a risk. That is definitely something that can happen and well within his right. It's just that, uh, you know, if that was a condition of their marriage, etc., forsake all others, let your yes be yes and your no be no, he'll either have to commit that commitment, but if he rescinds that commitment, then the marriage would technically have to be over and it would have to be dissolved in the proper way, now, which I, I'm not advocating for any of this. I'm just saying this is what's going to happen. This is our future. Get over it. Um, no, Gen Z is not being named Alpha Generation. It is the generation after uh, uh, Generation Z, okay? So, uh, yeah, that's literally how it is. Um, okay. Uh, so, uh, I don't care, equity, justice. You could say that, but, like, you could uh, provide reasons why and uh, write the specific points you disagree with and why and put it in the chat. Uh, instead of just being lazy and sharing your judgments. So, um, okay. So yeah, now, what would I teach my daughter? What would I teach my daughter? Because, you know, masculinity is different from men. Like, men are already victims of feminism, so what I'm presenting to how I'm teaching my sons, that's what I'm going to teach them, and that's not going to change. They have to deal with the fact that they're going to be screwed over by society because society is trying to condition them into earning women when the reality of the situation is women have to earn them, and that's how it is. What am I going to teach my daughter? Well... I'm gonna teach her that she needs to be a virgin first and foremost, and any additional sexual partner she has, she is reducing her value. And she's making it more and more likely uh, that she will not uh, have the opportunity to be with a high value man. Because I will teach her, because women need to learn how to preserve their value while men have to create value. I will teach my sons to create value. Um, just like, you know, the king archetype, its job is to be generative, the generative force, basically the archetype of semen going all out and uh, populating the earth, essentially. That is the king archetype being generative. Uh, the obelisk is the symbol of the king ar archetype. You know, like the Washington Monument. Folks, it's a giant penis, okay? Pay attention. It's also a Masonic symbol uh, for the generative force, the king energy, producing more than you consume, okay? That's where it comes from. Uh, women, however, have to learn how to preserve their value, and I would be teaching my daughters hey, you need to preserve your value. First and foremost, you need to be a virgin. That's just that's just how it has to go. And I'll prepare her for monogamy, but I'll tell her, like, there's a chance that your super high-value man who will likely exercise his sexual options, he may just end up doing that. Doesn't mean he doesn't want to be with you anymore. It's just the reality of the situation. High-value men exercise their sexual options. You're just going to have to get used to it. 
Um, but you may have a man who would ultimately commit to you and be monogamous, but still let your yes be yes and your no be no. It would have to be something that is discussed ahead of time. And uh, if he changes his mind, just like women reserve the right to change their mind, if he changes your mind, that could be a condition of your marriage failing or to give you an opportunity to basically be like, okay, yeah, uh, I, I'm okay with that. I just don't want to hear about your other girls or whatever. You know, it is what it is. Situations like that, right? Uh, so yeah, virginity is important. I'm going to train her on why paternal certainty is important and uh, teach my boys about rape, for example, and how rape is very psychologically destructive, primarily destructive to women. I will teach my daughter that cucking a man is very psychologically destructive to men at, in the same level of pain uh, for rape. Wow, he's loud. He's really loud. Um, a lot of people don't realize that, um, um, you know, cucking a man where he realizes that, oh, I'm raising another man's child is like just as painful to a man as like rape is, for example. And a lot of people just don't even uh, get it. Um, so uh, that's, that's a thing. And to obviously not cuck a man. And the only way a man knows that uh, you are a woman of virtue is if you have as few sex partners as possible. That means you're not going to just randomly cheat on him and you're not going to cuck him, etc. Uh, that's, that's a thing. And by the way, folks, like, you know, uh, men don't commit adultery when they have sexual relations with other women unless those women pre, like, ahead of time actually belong to other men, right? So that's the only way a man can commit adultery. A man only becomes an adulterer if he's having sex with an adulteress, even if he's in a relationship with another woman. That's just the reality of the situation. That's the facts. Um, now, if that woman is not an adulteress because she does not belong to another man, he didn't commit adultery. This is why thou shalt not commit adultery is for women. That command is for women. And the command for men is thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. As part of the cult of the mature masculine, I teach my boys, don't screw over your own gender and don't screw another man's woman. By the same token, I will tell my daughters, do not screw over your own gender, okay? Don't give yourself away cheaply, etc. Don't cuckold your man, right? But that's like extremely hard with this OnlyFans environment and everyone's glorifying sex work in our time, which is complete and utter horseshit, in my opinion. Uh, so yeah, I will also teach my daughter that having a very racy, risque uh, Instagram and also doing OnlyFans is akin to having a for sale sign up when she's still, if she's in a relationship with a man that she's having a sexual relationship with him. That's not okay. Seriously, not okay. And uh, basically is proof positive that she's being a hoe and she's as a result a cheap woman and reducing her value and she's not doing a good job preserving her value. I will teach her that she's not supposed to be fat, okay? And she has to learn how to take care of herself. Proper skin care is important. Makeup, maybe talk to her about that, but it's not as important. Uh, also talk to her about how to manage her hormones properly, proper birth controls. I'm only okay with Prometrium for women if they want to go on the hormone direction or the Paragard IUD. Otherwise, the only other cool form of um, 
uh, birth control that I recommend for women is breastfeeding, and they will need to get a breast pump and pump out at least 35 to 45 ounces a day in order to keep the high a high enough progesterone in order for their cycles to not continue after they've had a baby. So keep that in mind. But those are the only three forms of birth control I recommend. Again, hormonal, do Prometrium. If you do an IUD, do Paragard. Of course, John Brisson would probably shoot me in my sleep if you heard me talking about that. But there's not very many safe options out there. Yes, copper poisoning is a thing and it is a risk, but there's certain foods and certain diet behaviors that you can take to make sure that you could not end up getting copper poisoning as a result of you having a copper IUD like the Paragard. Uh, no, Mirena is horseshit. Don't use it. It's literally dumb. Like, never do that. Like, why would you ever do anything hormone-based that's based on synthetic hormones? Prometrium, it's literally just 200 milligrams of Prometrium every night before bed, okay? And that is bioidentical progesterone. It's not as harmful as, like, literally everything else, okay? So just, like don't um don't want that um so yeah it's it's definitely a thing um uh i'd also uh you know teach her how to identify the ideal man a man who can uh you know change his circumstances on a whim a man who is generative and produces more than he consumes a man who takes care of himself and could be good in a fight for example a man who's capable of survival and can still survive even if society collapses uh, this is super important. A man who takes responsibility for things even if they are not his fault. That's another example of an ideal man. Uh, I will teach her about hypergamy and the dangers of hypergamy. I will teach her about solipsism and how she needs to let go of that and humble herself and put tribe above self, etc. and become a feminine woman so that she can be as close to the ideal woman as possible so that she can attract the highest value man. This is something we should all be teaching our daughters because, like, I don't want my daughter to end up on a stripper pole, which is essentially what women are doing when they're on OnlyFans. Oh, he's a little cranky. Little, little cranky man. <laughs> oh. At least he's cute. Yeah. It really helps. <laughs> A little moody INTJ, a little FI child. <laughs> Need, needs, needs my, uh... <laughs> Did you already eat dinner? Huh? Did you already eat dinner? Yeah. You need a diaper change, little man? I already have one. Okay. Well, you're just being an attention whore. Yep. He wants little, attention. Little SE inferior attention whore. It's good times. So, um... So yeah, uh, after that, um, I would teach my daughter uh, something very unpopular, um, to not give a flying F about her career at all and tell her that uh, if she's ever planning on being a mother or a, uh, a wife, that she should learn how to please a man and focus on doing so. And that training would start uh, the day that she gains her first pyramid, or her pyramid, her first period. The day of her first period, that's when woman training starts. And she's going to learn everything there is to about how to be a woman, how she should dress as, uh, depending on her type, basically, uh, how, she should, how she should act, what does feminine behavior look like, etc. Uh, how to please a man, uh, teach her about sexuality and what her sexuality is all about. 
and uh, what that means. You know, if she's an SI user, what to do. If she's an SE user, what to do, etc. These kinds of things. Um, how uh, how uh, a pretty woman, pretty plus humble equals beautiful. Just because you're pretty don't mean you're beautiful. Just because you're humble don't mean you're beautiful, etc. All of these things are super important. And I'll be explaining that to her as well, or any, any of my daughters thereof. And uh, yeah, uh, keep her on the path to being a super high value woman. And tell her like, yeah, you can have a career. Just have your career after you have children. Don't spend your fertile years on a career. Seriously, you have to preserve your value. Have a baby between 18 and 26, or at least have babies between 18 and 26, then have your career. There's so many opportunities for women anyway, why not? Okay, that way, you know, she can have, uh, you know, a much better life and be quite fulfilled. But in the off chance that she doesn't want to be a mother, okay, fine, go ahead, go get the career, you know, be, be like uh, Nikki Glaser, who is um, an ENTJ comedian woman, uh, who is the executive producer of a show called F Boy Island on HBO Max, for example, and be a dog mom, if that's really what you want, go for it. But the problem with women is that they have this issue where they oftentimes change their minds because they're women. Kind of like, you know, in Princess Bride, the man in black laughing at Buttercup, the princess. And, uh, you know, uh, he's like, uh, he starts laughing at her and he's like, and what is that worth? The word of a woman. You're very funny, Highness, is what he says. And this is Princess Bride, one of the most popular movies ever. And I'm sure all the, the feminazis out there would just be like, wow, that's a very sexist movie. No, it's not. The guy's not going to take put up with, you know, bullshit, you know, from his woman. And he's like, faithfulness, Highness, enduring faithfulness. That's what he spoke of. He's referring to himself, you know, and then he's like, so uh, did, did, did you wait at least a year after, after your man left or did you get with your prince uh, uh, a week later? Because even the man in black and the princess bride is aware of hypergamy, okay? Come on, like that's a thing. If you haven't watched Princess Bride, what the hell are you doing with your life? Go watch it. I think it's on Netflix or on Amazon right now. You can go ahead uh, and watch it, you know, so. So anyway, um, it's really important uh, to keep those things in perspective. Uh, if people if people don't realize this, then all of a sudden, you know, your daughter is going to become a victim of feminism. She's going to become a victim of feminism, spend all of her fertile years, be like, I don't want a baby, I don't want a baby. Then all of a sudden, she might get a man in her life because all of a sudden she knows that at 30, oh crap, I'm expiring because at 31, after 31, their fertility goes down 20% uh, year after year. Their eggs are running out. Their eggs are low quality. There's a lot of birth issues and whatnot. Men don't really want to have babies with women in their 30s. Men want to have babies with women in their 20s for example and explaining that to my daughter is important and being like hey you're a woman so you might be this career woman but you're liable to change your mind later so then you're going to be super unhappy and i don't want you to be like that dog mom nikki glazer who has like literally nothing and is kind of miserable and then gets really mad at men and blames men for all of her problems such that she has to go emasculate men on television on a consistent basis right and it's like wow really because she's entirely emasculating and she's doing that because she's blaming men for her misfortune. And it's not my fault that she's a 37-year-old career woman who's effectively a dog mom and, is, and hasn't had children. 
And I wonder how many abortions she's had. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's not a future I want for my daughters. I'm sure any men out there would also not want that um, for uh, for their daughters. So, like, it's it's not uh, it's not a problem, you know. So, uh, Danielle Simone asks, "What about ensuring the man won't give you an STD when a polygamous relationship?" Okay, well, if you're in a polygamous relationship with him, he's already a high value man, and why the hell do you think a high value man would allow himself to get an STD? Or are you just so used to the low-value man in your life that uh, you're projecting the low-value man in your life onto a high-value man? Like, how, how does that work, Danielle? Do you, do you even see what you're asking? Do you even see what you're saying? I mean, are, or are you assuming low-value men are the same and acting the same as a high-value man? Think about it. The mindset of a man who makes $300,000 a year compared to the mindset of a man who makes only $50,000 a year, that's completely, they're completely on a different level. I'd imagine that the man who makes $300,000 a year and has multiple wives is a man who has enough self-respect to be able to manage STDs in his life. Okay? Or do you think it's a free-for-all? Or are you projecting your own hypergamy onto men because to women it's basically a free-for-all because that's how they behave with their hypergamy? But men don't do that. Men have this thing called, you know, self-respect. At least that's what a high-value masculine man should have, right? So please be careful when making those judgments because that's not fair. It's not a fair judgment of you to make. It's a projection, if anything. So... So based on that, that would be that would be a thing. Uh, Daniel K asked Chase, "How would you teach a son or daughter if they're homosexual?" I would still teach them about masculinity and femininity the same if they're homosexual. I, I if my if my daughters were lesbian, I'd be like, I teach them about lesbian bed death. A lot of people don't know what that is. Go look it up, uh, and kind of how uh, lame that could be for women. But ultimately, someone has to take on the masculine role, and someone has to take the feminine role in a same-sex relationship, regardless. So the gender roles in terms of masculine and feminine energy still exists. And actually, Dr. John Beebe's last presentation that I saw in person, he was talking about that archetypal uh, phenomenon and the neuroplasticity of the mind to be able to fulfill those roles and those energies and those archetypes at specific moments. And it definitely applies to same-sex relationships regardless. Um, so that's just kind of uh, where it is. Um, so, yes, I know rich people get STDs. Yes, okay. It's it's a thing. It can happen. But like, I don't think that basketball players are high value men because statistically, when they're not in their career, they end up really, really poor. Look that up. Seriously, it's the same thing with football players. I had no idea that you thought uh, basketball players are high value men. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of like, for example, on F Boy Island, there's actually a professional football player uh, who is obviously a beta, and he is not somebody I would consider a high value man. So uh, definitely, definitely a problem there. Yay, the Ravens are winning. I don't. Uh, who are they winning against? I I, I don't know. I, I actually have uh, no idea. So. Uh, so yeah, all in all, like I teach my daughter to be like, okay, yeah, you know, make yourself as high value as possible. Uh, understand who are the uh, high value men. Also, when you see other women being hoes, call them out, shame them, publicly shame them, uh, guilt them if you need to. If they're an FE user, guilt them. If they are a T user, shame them basically and do it publicly. 
consistently. Let other people know that they're hoes uh, so that you enforce the cartel of the mature feminine around them and go in that direction. When you reach matron archetype, go out of your way to uh, teach uh, younger women to become queen and to uh, focus on emphasizing beauty. Uh, queen is about generating beauty, for example, while king with the man is about generating value, etc. Uh, and uh, queen is preserving their value. Um, and then, uh, you know, ultimately how to become a mother, etc. And whether or not my daughter wants to be a mother or not and how to please a man and be able to handle all of those uh, feminine tasks. For example, when my seven-year-old daughter came over, I put her in charge of taking care of her little baby brother. And she fed him, changed him, in some cases clothed him. She did a really good job. And then all of a sudden she was opening to having a baby all of a sudden, even though she's like, I'm never going to have a baby. I'm never going to have a baby. Uh, and then all of a sudden she saw her baby brother and she's like, okay, yeah, I'll have a baby. And I'm like, oh, look at that, a woman changing her mind. You see what I'm saying? So it's, it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's a thing. Um, Paige Hartley asks, when are you going to make the video on how low-value women, in your words, hoes, can become high-value? Uh, that's episode 10. This is episode 11. And if it hasn't released yet, it'll release in like the next couple of days, Paige. So it is coming. Um, it's, it's a thing. Um, that's, uh, that's really, uh, important, uh, from there. Okay. So in general, that gives you hopefully some additional clarification, but I'm going to go through point by point in Cynthia's, uh, post right now, just to make sure that we're doing this properly. We're at one hour on the show, so we're going to attempt to wrap this up, but I want to answer her points directly now that I've set this huge one hour foundation. Okay. So again, thanks for responding to Wendy's comment and for making this video. I would like to ask for some additional uh, clarification. You spelled out your recommendations for men to commit to women with two or few sexual partners. Yes, if they want to have children. You do not make a hoe, basically a woman who's had more than two partners. This is what I would teach my sons. You don't make a hoe the mother of your children. You just don't do it. It's not a good idea. Paternal certainty matters. And waking up one day, finding out that your child is not actually yours is the biggest gut punch that you can ever do to a man. It would be like raping a woman in the street, at night, in an alley, okay? That is how men feel. It is the same. So the psychological damage women feel when they are raped, that's how men feel when they're cucked, okay? That's just how it is, all right? So... Um, you spell out your recommendations for men to commit to women with two or few sexual partners. Yes, because of the statistics. Very important. Virgin being the best. Before having sex and to test drive those with more partners uh, before committing. No, it's not really test driving. I mean, because men have to have sex uh, often. And uh, oftentimes there are people, for example, like Nikki Glazer, who's the 37-year-old dog mom who's in her development phase seeking out that, uh, you know, alpha cock, basically, according to her uh, hypergamy. And she's in her matron energy at that moment. So she would be an ideal person to have my young sons uh, go after when they cannot attract the 18 to 26-year-olds. And I would basically have uh, them seek out women like her uh, to be able to have those sexual opportunities. It has nothing to do with test driving. Uh, it's more of, you know, and the other thing is, too, is like, 
and I'm not saying test driving. I'm, I'm telling I'm telling men to have sex with women because it's another way to gauge whether or not those women actually give a shit about them, or if those women are just using them. Because oftentimes women will use men for. Uh, you know, dates and food and uh, and drinks and fun times and going out, yet never actually have sex with them, which is a huge hit on a masculine man's self-respect. And it's important to teach men to have those boundaries. Uh, so that's just kind of where it is. It has nothing to do with test driving. It's all about enforcing boundaries, okay? Um, and then she says, for women, you've advocated for us to not have sex with a man until we're sure he will take a bullet for us. Yes, absolutely, provided you're a virgin. Or provided you have two or less partners, if you have three or more partners, you're kind of basically a cheap woman and you're going to have to either settle for a beta male or you're going to have to go out of your way to increase your value in some way, shape, or form, okay? Which I talk about in episode 10 of season 31. Uh, so watch that episode. Uh, and it probably is either out now or it is about to come out, even though this is episode 11. Sorry for the confusion. Uh, so where I talk about that, um, until we're sure we will take a bullet for us and to not give ourselves away cheaply. Not only you women need to make sure you're not giving yourselves away cheaply, but you need to make sure other women are not giving themselves away cheaply. And you need to literally shit on them in a public manner if you see them doing that. It's super important. Uh, so keep that going. Uh, okay, uh... And then uh, also says, but you also point out very clearly in your recent S.I. Demon episode that women are acting entitled if they don't have sex on the first date. That's if those women are basically what I would call, you know, if you have more uh, sex partners, that would be the cheap zone, basically, if they are in the cheap zone. And if, uh, and if a man's self-respect is, you know, at risk and, you know, because like, for example, most beta males, they have to learn their alpha traits as a learned behavior. And then they will learn self-respect instead of putting tribe above self and not putting them and not putting society above them anymore. They're going, and I would teach them, you know, to expect a lot more from women. And, you know, and if a woman who technically is a cheap woman and she has a reputation for being a little promiscuous, if she's not screwing on the first date, you got yourself you know, you could be potentially being taken advantage of. And it's really just a situation by situation. There's no gold standard here. It's a situation by situation. It's really up to the man. Of course, it would be because it's his life, his kingdom, his solar system, of course. You see what I'm saying? Uh, and then uh, you've encouraged women to take on younger temporary lovers as part of the matron archetype. Absolutely. If you are a matron woman who is alone, okay, if you are a matron woman who is alone, dog mom, cat mom, for example, and you're alone and you're just having a hard time, that's what I would recommend them to go full cougar mode and use that sexual energy of their matron archetype to go towards those younger men and help educate them and help bring them into the larger generation. Maybe teach them sexual techniques, teach them how to pay their bills, teach them how to work on their car. Who knows what uh, opportunities are there for those young men? It, it is definitely something that can be enriching to a young man's life experience, and I recommend it. Not only do I recommend it, but uh, I will, uh, Benjamin uh, Franklin uh, recommends it. Uh, and he wrote a treatise on advice to a young man on the choice of a mistress, okay? I will read this treatise right now. June 25th, 1745, and I quote, My dear friend, 
I know of no medicine fit to diminish the violent natural inclinations you mention, which is uh, sexual desire. And if I did, I think I should not communicate it to you. Marriage is the proper socially acceptable remedy. It is the most natural state of man and therefore the state in which you are most likely to find solid happiness. Your reasons against entering into it at the present appear to me potentially not well-founded. The circumstantial advantages you have in view by postponing marriage are not only uncertain, but they are small in comparison with that of the thing itself, the being married and settled. It is the man and woman united that make the complete human being. Separate, she wants his force of body and strength of reason. He, her softness, sensibility, and acute discernment. Gosh, look, he just defined masculinity and femininity right there. Thank you, Benjamin Franklin, fellow ENTP. Together, they are more likely to succeed in the world. A single man has not nearly the value, interesting, he would have in that state of union. He is an incomplete animal. He resembles the odd half of a pair of scissors. Fair enough. If you get a prudent, healthy wife, your industry in your profession with her good economy will be a fortune sufficient. Of course, Benjamin Franklin is a TI user, and he's projecting his TE user wife on all women in this letter, which is hilarious to me, uh, with her good economy, her TE, uh, and he's making some assumptions here, but whatever, it's all good. But if you will not take this counsel and persist in uh, thinking a, a sexual encounter uh, with the opposite sex inevitable, then I repeat my former advice. That in all of your amours or uh, sexual escapades, you should prefer old women to young ones. You call this a paradox and demand my reasons. They are these. Quote, one, because they have more knowledge of the world and their minds are better stored with observations, their conversation is more improving and more lastingly agreeable. Two, because when women cease to be handsome, they study to be good, to maintain their influence over men. They supply the, diminu the diminution, uh, basically the, the diminishing of beauty by an augmentation of utility. They learn to do 1,000 services, small and great, and are the most tender and useful of all friends when you are sick. Thus they continue amiable, and hence there is hardly such a thing to be found as an old woman who is not a good woman. Well said. Three, because there is no hazard of children, which irregularly produced may be attended with much inconvenience in your life. Fair. Four, because through more experience, they are more prudent and discreet in conducting an intrigue to prevent suspicion. The commerce with them uh, is therefore, sex with them is therefore safer with regard to your reputation and with regard to their reputations. If the affair should happen to be known, considerate people might rather be inclined to excuse an old woman who would kindly take care of a young man, form his manners by her good counsels, and prevent his ruining his health and fortune among mercenary prostitutes. Interesting. Number five. Because in every animal that walks upright, the deficiency of the fluids that fill the muscles appears first in the highest part. The face grows lank and wrinkled, then the neck, then the breast and arms. The lower parts continue to last as plump as ever. So that the covering all above with a basket and regarding only what is below the girdle 
it is impossible of two women to know an old one from a young one. And as in the dark all cats are gray, the pleasure of corporeal enjoyment with an old woman is at least equal and frequently superior, every knack being by practice capable of improvement, which basically means older women are highly skilled in the bedroom. And number six, because the sin is less and debauching a virgin may be her ruin and make her for life unhappy. Damn straight. Debauching a virgin is her ruin. This is another thing I would be teaching my sons. Don't have sex with a virgin unless you will commit to her. That is also another aspect of biblical sexual immorality. You are not allowed. It is technically sexual immorality from a biblical standpoint to have sex with a virgin if you are not committing to her. If you have sex with a virgin, you are responsible for that woman indefinitely. Sorry. It's the biblical rules, right? Number seven, because the compunction is less, the having made a young girl miserable may give you frequent bitter reflections, none of which can attend the making an old woman happy. And eighthly and lastly, older women are very grateful. Thus much for my paradox but still I advise you to marry directly, being sincerely your affectionate friend. Benjamin Franklin wrote this in 1745 to his son. It's actually a letter to his son, folks. Please understand what this is talking about. And this is also an aspect of the hope that you know low-value women can have. They can utilize their matron archetype. But still, if they want a husband, there's still a chance, and I talk about that more in episode um, in episode uh, in episode ten. Okay, uh, so yeah. Anyway, that's how I reconcile all of these opposing standards, Miss Cynthia Payne. Hopefully, I answered your question and uh, you uh, have been able to um, uh, handle it uh, appropriately. So yeah. Um, uh, could, uh, Dacine asks, Chase, if a woman is in the cheap zone, why should she continue to remain in the cheap zone and, uh, and sleep with men on the first date? Well, it's kind of because it's too late for her. And there's a lot of reasons a woman could be in the cheap zone. If she has a high sexual partner count or if she's past the wall, AKA her expiration, basically she's post 30 years of age, etc. She's not likely to get a high value man. And if anything, she'd probably only be able to attract 45 to 50 year olds, uh, basically as a result, and that could cause a, a problem. Um, so yeah, um, that's a uh, that's a thing. Um, Paige Hartley, I want a husband and kids, but according to you, I'm cheap. Well, it's look, Paige, you gotta watch episode 10. I explain exactly how women, how cheap, low value women have hope. There is hope. There is a hope. Um, it's just that getting a very high value man is not likely to happen. Um, but there are things to happen. And it comes from the book of Hosea, the prophet, uh, which I recommend you read that book and understand him. Hosea is an INTP man. And this INTP man got with Gomer, who was an INFJ prostitute. Uh, and uh, that book uh, basically proves that there is hope, and I walk women or the audience through that in episode 10 of season 31. So it is coming. It's around the corner. You know, this is technically episode 11, 
but you'll have to go to episode 10 when it releases this week so that you can come to you know the solution to your problem if you are a cheap woman what do i do okay and that will you know solve your issue you have uh, no issue um okay um okay um okay and let's see here um uh yeah sarah hoffman says because other women giving themselves away cheaply is giving away you cheaply as a woman by association absolutely um it's a thing uh kevin samuels promotes paying for sex well i i mean even mark manson would would make the argument but I would say, like, you could pay for sex if you want. I mean, street value of pussy right now is $45 an hour. I mean, if you want to do that, go ahead. But I maintain it's a lot wiser for you to have a sexual relationship with an older woman. Uh, and and for, for the reasons Benjamin Franklin uh, put forth in his treatise on uh, to his son, uh, his little essay that he wrote for his son, I would make that recommendation, and that would probably be a better choice. So, anyway, I seem to have... Uh, answer uh all the questions and no you can't make a hoe a housewife that's just the reality of the situation save that for the virgins or for the girls that have the low body counts it's one of the reasons why women don't really often like talking about their body counts but they so often ask men what their body counts are imagine the hypocrisy yet you know i'm the one with opposing standards right so anyway uh thank you very much uh cynthia uh for your question um all right uh hold on dude it's amy asks Women initiate divorce way more often? Yes, yes. 80% of divorce is initiated by women. They change their minds more often, but men cheat more often. Nope, nope. Men do not cheat more often. And the reason why is due to masculine idealism. Men are the true romantics, not women. It is actually a myth that men cheat more often than women do. It is much more a myth. Uh, so no. Um Thus, they are too lazy or apathetic to end it before actually cheating? No. And I'm going to be discussing uh, the ethics behind cheating in the very near future, where I'm going to be discussing specific situations where cheating is called for and situations where it is not called for. That'll be super mega controversial, but I will be defining each and every one of those situations uh, in the near uh, future. Um, so, uh, and how that actually works. There is a system or a loose standard that could be utilized when considering a cheating situation because how people in general define cheating is not actually the true definition of what cheating is. And we're actually going to look at those competing definitions and actually kind of expose what the real moral standard actually is around cheating and what it's not. And that will be coming in a future episode uh, regarding uh, what we're talking about here for um, uh, Jungian sexuality. Uh, okay, Gustavo asks, if men preserve their virginity for a high-value woman to monogamy matrimony, will she consider him a high-value man if he is a virgin or an incel? Uh, he would, uh, she would consider him an incel, technically. The reason why is, is because women are, uh, have this psychological aspect as a result of their, uh, evolution. It's an instinct where uh, men who are wanted by other women, she's more attracted to the man who is wanted by other women or a man who is in demand, okay? So if he's in demand, uh, the more sex partners he has, the more value he has in most women's eyes, at least 80% of women out there would see it that way. So as a result, uh, he's more attractive if he's around women consistently, if he's had more bangs consistently, 
that's just statistically how it goes, um, contrary to uh, popular um, popular belief. So yeah, uh, polygyny in marriage make man high value, providing he can be just and pay all the bills. Uh, I mean, sure, uh, I I don't disagree with that. So. Anyway, folks, uh, thanks for watching. This concludes Season 31, Episode 11, Is C.S. Joseph Contradicting Himself? And hopefully this helped uh, provide uh, additional things, and the name of the video may change anyway for SEO reasons, but whatever, who cares? Uh, so thanks for watching, and uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow night uh, for the Season 18 uh, release for members. csjoseph.life forward slash members. Get journeyman if you want to be there for that uh, private lecture. We're going to be talking about the Cognitive Temples. Later.